0: You're listening to a podcast from the Trinity Longroom Hub Arts and Humanities Research Institute. Voice My name is Eve Patten, I'm director here at the Trinity Long Room Hub. And all this week we're running talks, uh, panels and discussions around the research that we're doing across the university in the arts and humanities. We had a great day yesterday, today is shaping up to be just as exciting. Uh, When we put out a call earlier this year for contributors to the festival, to our colleagues, one of the very first people to volunteer was uh, our speaker today, Michael Cronin. And I was absolutely delighted because having listened to Michael and having read his work uh, for many years now, uh, I know that he is just a, a wonderful person to speak not just to his own subject, he is Trinity's chair, of french but across the board to a number of uh, areas that now are connected because of environmental crisis in its various guises michael is an expert in language in language diversity in language loss in minority languages and of course in languages in translation he's previously served as the director of our center for literary translation down at the other end of college uh, and you'll also read him most weeks, I think, in the Irish Times, writing on works of uh, literature in translation. He is a renowned literary critic, a renowned cultural critic. He's also an expert on travel literature. Uh, and if you look at our Wall of Fame book posters that we have downstairs in the lobby, you'll see his recent book uh, on uh, traveling in eco travel, travels in the Anthropocene which was published, I think, just last year, Michael, and which we launched here in the Hub. Uh, So he is a critic and a commentator of great distinction, but also of great relevance. And having just heard the wonderful panel from our environmental humanities team here in Trinity, uh, we're very much aware of the the, the, the complexity and the range of questions relating to our environment uh, that we have to address from the arts and humanities. And Michael has been very much to the forefront in beginning to articulate just how we can do this. So I'm really delighted that he's going to be able to speak this lunchtime uh, and intrigued by his topic, which I think will speak to this question of our responsibility as researchers, the terrestrial university. Michael Cronin.
1: Uh, thank you very much, uh, Eve, for that, that, that more than generous introduction. Um, I'm sure some of you were slightly alarmed when you heard that I was one of the first people to volunteer, because that's not always a good sign, you know, if you're organising something, the kind of eager beavers uh, who are guaranteed to bore their audience as stupid uh, because they finally get a platform. And so I hopefully uh, that won't uh, happen this, uh, this lunchtime. And what I want to, to talk about um, in, in, in a nutshell, um, in the, the time that we have together, is um, given the kind of the, the, the urgency uh, and the nature of the climate emergency, um, how do we rethink, or in what ways do we rethink, uh, the institutions um, or the institution uh, that we work uh, and uh, study in, uh, which is the, the university? And I kind of prompted um, to think about this by uh, Jonathan Porrott's uh, work that came out um, over two years ago, uh, hope in, 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 in hell a decade to confront the climate emergency. But he, he says something that's not particularly controversial, is that basically uh, we win or lose uh, over the next 10 years um, in terms of the kinds of decisions uh, that we need to make, the initiatives we need to carry out, uh, the reforms or radical changes that we need to make. Uh, it does hinge on what happens over the next uh, decade. But he also says uh, in his kind of introduction to what he intends to to do in the book, he says, I have to use whatever influence I may still have to persuade people that there is no hope whatsoever in another 10 years of incremental change. Uh, In other words, that incrementalism um, is something uh, that uh, no longer works and will uh, no longer uh, work. So, what does that mean then in terms of uh, universities? I mean, are we? Uh, If you like, enthrall to a particular kind of instrumentalism uh, where we uh, enact uh, small, discrete, uh, incremental uh, changes uh, in the hope that eventually uh, we reach uh, some kind of uh, green uh, utopia, kind of watershed uh, that will lead uh, to changes uh, in uh, our society. So when we kind of change from being sort of biological agents to geological agents, uh, where we can um, affect uh, change uh, on a human historical. Uh, scale uh, that normally was reserved for uh, long-term geological stretches uh, of time. Um, What are the implications for our institutional realities? What kinds of memories uh, or memory do we need to invoke in order to move beyond uh, incrementalism? Um, And how do we refigure uh, notions of cultural identity, uh, then, in a a more radical uh, framework? Um, Over um, a decade ago, Stefan Collini wrote a a book, What Are Universities uh, For? Um, And he tried, if you like, in the face of the onslaught uh, in many different jurisdictions uh, across uh, the the world, um, who uh, particularly singled out the arts and humanities uh, for uh, reduction uh, and contraction. Um, What kind of case could you make for the importance? of uh, universities more uh, generally, more specifically, for the arts and humanities. Because he said the most common answer to what the universities are for is this one. The greater part of public discourse about universities at present reduces to the following dispiriting proposition. Universities need to justify getting more money. And the way to do this is by showing that they help to make more money. Um, and, if, uh, and if you uh, listen to uh, university presidents, the uh, present university of Galway uh, or University of Galway speaking on the radio at the weekend, this is precisely the kind of arguments uh, that uh, university presidents, uh, presidents uh, put, put put forward. Um, so, in other words, the kind of the central kind of organising metaphor for the, def- the the most common defence of the university in the contemporary uh, moment. Uh, is that uh, of endless growth. It's the kind of the, the, the central paradigm uh, of the market economy, which becomes a sort of an organizing metaphor then uh, for uh, educational uh, policy. But surely one of the challenges uh, of the climate uh, emergency is um, that we have to kind of rethink uh, deeply held uh, assumptions, we've got to think in many ways uh, the unthinkable, uh, and we have to develop uh, new forms of knowledge that are responsive uh, to um, our uh, current uh, predicament, uh, but also to ensure, as members of a university community, uh, that we are good uh, ancestors, um, that we uh, leave uh, a planet uh, to those who come after us uh, that is uh, an inhabitable uh, planet uh, of one kind uh, or the the other. So in other words, um, how do we think about the universities in terms of (coughs) <coughs> the development of a critical knowledge uh, that, in the words of Bruno Latour, uh, will uh, allow for uh, the production and reproduction uh, of our species uh, being. Um, in order to do this, um, I want to um, try and, and, and situate uh, these uh, new forms of uh, organisation knowledge, uh, a new um, modes of ins- institutional uh, expression uh, in two uh, frames, uh, two uh, contexts. Uh, one is a geopolitical uh, and the other is, is philosophical. And then I want to move to what I'm going to suggest are four kind of suggested templates uh, for what a, a kind of um, a, a climate uh, emergency adapted uh, university uh, might uh, look like. Um, In his um, work um, Down to uh, Earth, uh, Bruno Latour um, talks about um, the way, the the kind of political consequences of what he calls the new climatic uh, regime. Um, In in other words, he argues um, that you had uh, two uh, competing models. Uh, One was uh, the Utopia of of Nation. This is one that, if you like, uh, Trump in the States would make America uh, great again, Uh, the Brexiteers in in Britain. The the notion um, that the the, the nation itself, the kind of the the, the jealously guarded borders of the nation state, would become the defining property of a a kind of remade uh, national uh, utopia. So he argues this is one of the uh, models that's been called into question. Uh, by the new uh, climatic regime. And the other is uh, the notion of the globe. Right? This is a globalization. Um, it's the idea of, the, of infinite uh, growth, the infinite extraction of resources, the infinite expansion of uh, goods and, and services, um, the, kind of the infinite horizons of globalization, very much, if you like, situated on the Clinton-Blair axis of what constitutes a kind of planetary uh, utopia. So what um, um, Latour argues is that, that both of these have been radically called into question uh, by the depredations uh, of, of, of growth, what's happening uh, to uh, our, our, our planet, um, and that uh, the only way uh, forward is what he calls to the terrestrial. Uh, so the terrestrial. Uh, paradigm, unlike the national and the global paradigm, is uh, looking at the embeddedness uh, of uh, living uh, organisms and inorganic matter uh, in uh, the life systems uh, of the planet, and how the life systems of the planet depend, in turn, on the myriad uh, of uh, local spaces uh, that uh, permit it uh, to uh, continue. In other words, what the terrestrial is it's an attachment to lower case earth, uh, but that doesn't involve a detachment from upper uh, case uh, earth. So this, if you like, is the sort of the um, what I would argue is the sort of the geopolitical uh, context uh, to uh, the shift to something uh, different. The philosophical is um, to do with the kinds of subjectivities that are implied by the new uh, climatic. Uh, regime uh, and Martha Nussbaum uh, gives us, you know, uh, an idea of the kinds of questions that we need to, to uh, be asking uh, here, which is um, starts up this question: what it is to be human. So the question of what it is to be human is not just narcissistic; it involves a culpable obtuseness. It's rather like asking what is it to be white. It contains unearned privileges that have been used to dominate uh, and exploit. What well, we usually don't recognise this because our narcissism is uh, so uh, complete. So numbers, other words, um, what we uh, find in, in, in various parts of, of, of post-humanist thinking is the idea that we, we, can't, we can no longer think uh, of a sort of uh, vertical uh, anthropocentric uh, model uh, with the white European male uh, at the top, everybody else in a subordinate position, the human species as a part uh, from all other species and in some kind of unreal or abstract space uh, outside uh, the living uh, planet, um, that's Uh, our species is uh, inextricably bound up uh, with the living uh, Earth uh, system, Um, and therefore we need to think about uh, horizontal uh, relationships rather than uh, vertical relationships. Uh, And this is the kind of um, uh, transversal uh, subjectivity um, that the uh, Dutch uh, theorist uh, Rosie Bredotti Uh, argues for, where she says we need to think uh, of uh, humans uh, as a transversal entity uh, encompassing humans, uh, our genetic neighbors, uh, the animals, uh, and the Earth uh, as uh, a whole. So in other words, this notion of transversal subjectivity, uh, the fact that we are uh, always already uh, embedded uh, in uh, earth systems uh, and in a kind of and um, uh, horizontal uh, relationships with uh, other uh, living uh, organisms this for me is the, the other kind of pendant um, to um, setting the scene for the transition to uh, a different kind uh, of uh, university so in other words what i see the terrestrial universal uh, university being is a kind of convergence if you like, of the geopolitical change that Atour has described, uh, and then the shift to a transversal subjectivity uh, that uh, Bredotti uh, outlines. Um, so the I basically want to, uh, and this is very much a kind of a thought uh, experiment. This is why, um, if you like, the, the dialogical part uh, of this session it will be so important uh, afterwards. I, I'm, I'm basically trying to, to think. What are the kinds of templates that we might use to think about um, a new kind uh, of of university, a university that takes seriously uh, the climate emergency and is appropriate uh, to these very, very changed uh, conditions that we are experiencing? Because remember, the university uh, in the past Um, The monarchical university in the 12th century uh, responds to the growing separation between secular and religious power. Uh, The national university that emerges in the 19th century is very much the idea of the university responding uh, to the the, uh, growth and emergence of nation states, preparing citizens uh, to be good citizens Uh, Of these nation states, the corporate university that we saw emerging at the end of the 20th century, where basically uh, the university became a transnational corporate entity, um, where it was kind of uh, outsourcing its its services, uh, treating education as basically a kind of marketable, uh, globalized uh, uh, commodity. So. Universities have changed uh, uh, over time. Um, so, how might they change uh, in these other different uh, set uh, of circumstances? So, the templates that we're going through are the uh, the elemental, uh, what I call the the immersive, uh, the uh, scalar, and the uh, diversal. Um, let me begin with the uh, the elemental. Um, one of the um, possible futures that we can sketch uh, for the the university um, is a notion of uh, a university that's centrally organized around the notion of the commons. Uh, In other words, centrally organized around um, those uh, things um, that we have uh, tended to disregard uh, or to treat as mere kinds uh, of uh, externalities, um, so uh, water, uh, air, uh, soil, and the uh, quality of soil, and, and so on, um, which, uh, of course, as we know, are subject to uh, ongoing pressures. So something like the, uh, again, I want you to think that this is a kind of thought experiment, and um, that the uh, elemental uh, university is a university would have a faculty of air, it would have a faculty of fire, uh, this is the energy faculty, a faculty of earth, uh, soil, a uh, faculty uh, of, of water. In other words, by, if you like, recasting uh, the university uh, in a different kind of structural form, uh, one of the things that you're, you're doing is you're shifting the focus from disregarded externalities um, to uh, the life support systems um, that allow us to continue uh, to exist uh, on the, the planet. So for example, if we have historians, uh, philosophers, uh, uh, physicists, biologists, uh, economists, modern language scholars, uh, all working together in uh, a faculty uh, of, uh, of water, uh, we could bring together linguistic, anthropological, uh, materialist uh, approaches um, to and in order to develop a kind of a, the 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 necessary holistic approach to the problem uh, of uh, the climate emergency, because the climate emergency is um, it's a wicked problem, uh, it's 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 complex, uh, and it is it, it is kind of multi uh, elements uh, to it. So the responses themselves uh, need to take that uh, form. So what, what we're doing in a sense in this product is shifting from m- modes of inquiry. Um, so this is kind of subject uh, divisions, to the object of inquiry. And the object of, of the inquiry is uh, how do we create and sustain uh, a viable uh, earth uh, home uh, for uh, all. Uh, and I say this in part as, I, as, as I, what I feel is the uh, a certain kind of uh, capture uh, of the climate debate by quantitative uh, techno-fix uh, 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 approaches. If we look at something like water, uh, for example, um, water is culturally profoundly uh, embedded uh, in uh, a multiplicity of ways. And that goes, that's everything from the kind of uh, uh, ethno-religious investment uh, in in rivers, uh, in the sacralization uh, of of rivers, which often become uh, central uh, kind of topoi uh, in the development uh, of particular kinds of identities. So it's everything from that um, to the uh, social uh, construction of regimes of body hygiene, uh, which lead uh, to uh, the use of extraordinary quantities uh, of, of, of water. So uh, talking about uh, water, this nicely leads me up to the next template, uh, which is the, uh, the immersive. Um, one of the characteristics of indigenous uh, cosmologies um, is uh, how focused they are on the uh, outside uh, world. Um, if you go to the, uh, the folklore ar- archive in, in our sister university here uh, in Dublin, University uh, College Dublin, uh, one of the things that you find in the in the, in the, in the various uh, tales there is just how many of them are, are focused uh, on tracking, uh, looking at the outside world and the kind of the, the, the engagement between the human uh, and the uh, more than uh, human world. But if that is the, the characteristic of many indigenous uh, cosmologies, what does tend to characterise modernity is keeping people inside. It's looking inside, uh, not uh, looking uh, outside. Um, the uh, Moroccan activist and environmentalist, uh, Pierre Rabie, um, has uh, argued um, that COVID confinement uh, was typical, not exceptional, Um, that confinement is something that characterizes modernity. uh, From uh, our being uh, in preschool, uh, through uh, primary school, uh, to secondary school, onto university, onto our workplaces, Uh, we spend all of our time in boxes. Uh, we spend our time in boxes that cut us off and isolate us uh, from the, uh, the outside world. Uh, and this kind of philosophical enclosure uh, leads, according to certain thinkers, to a uh, philosophical closure. Uh, Chris Arthur, a uh, CS uh, from, from Belfast, um, has uh, talked about how millions of us have become more defined by the time we spend indoors uh, than outside. As a result, we've lost touch uh, with the natural world. Those with the most pronounced indoor sensibilities can't even uh, identify uh, the commonest species of birds, uh, insects, and plants in their uh, locality. Um, this is what uh, Ian Hamilton Grant calls physiocide. So, physiocide is the removal of this kind of more than human uh, knowledge uh, from our uh, daily uh, world. So what I would uh, propose with the immersive uh, template is the idea that thinking uh, outdoors is something that is uh, at the heart uh, of uh, curriculum design, uh, pedagogical uh, practice, uh, and material uh, construction. So what what I mean by material construction is um, the kind of that our buildings uh, would become more permeable uh, to the, uh, uh, the more than human world, that the kind of distinctions between uh, inside and, and outside uh, would uh, gradually uh, be uh, broken down, um, that the more than human world uh, have a much more conspicuous presence uh, uh, as much in the inside spaces as in the outside spaces that we uh, would uh, go So in other words, it's the idea of thinking about, um, and this is this is an idea that was already being uh, advocated by Ivan Illich, of course, in deschooling schooling society in the 1960s, and Postman's work in teaching as a subversive activity, uh, is t- taking instruction out of the classroom uh, and into the fields, uh, the forests, uh, parks, uh, and streets, in, er- in order to retrieve. A sense uh, of uh, humans as enmeshed in that more-than-human world. Um, And this, of course, doesn't have to be exclusively uh, in in rural settings, as people often think that when you talk about this, uh, that you become some kind of ecological Pol Pot, who's going to drag people out of cities uh, and send them uh, into the the fields. Um, But it's something that uh, is perfectly feasible in in urban settings as well. A beautiful example of this in Alexander Horowitz's book uh, on uh, looking. A walker's Guide uh, to uh, the Art uh, of Observation, where she, uh, the particular kind of uh, part of Manhattan that she lives in, uh, the block, she's been living there for uh, 30 years. Uh, and she, she feels she, can, she knows every nook and cranny uh, of this place. Uh, but what she does is uh, she takes a walk with an entomologist. She takes a walk with a dendrologist. Uh, she takes a walk uh, with a sound engineer. She takes a walk with an artist. She takes a walk with a dog. She takes a walk with a child. Uh, And what she she realizes um, is the extraordinary kind of fractal complexity uh, of that familiar uh, space, that how much in that outdoor world of the the, the, the street uh, she realizes the profound embeddedness of her as a transversal subject uh, in uh, more than human uh, life uh, support uh, systems. In the immersive template, it's the idea that we need to shift from the hegemony of indoors thinking uh, to the promotion of outdoors thinking as a kind of um, a central uh, tenet uh, of tertiary uh, education as we move into a a uh, post-carbon future. Um, The third uh, template um, is um, what I'm going to call the scalar. So, the scalar is to do with the difficulty that we often have um, in education in the context of the the climate emergency um, in dealing with the the question of what we call scalar literacy. In other words, um, how do we make sense of environmental entanglements that are uh, across radically different uh, spaces uh, of, um, radically different scales uh, of time? and space. So in other words, um, how do you make People fully conscious of the fact uh, that uh, throwing a, a, a styrofoam uh, cup uh, is something that has consequences hundreds if not thousands uh, of uh, years uh, into the future. Or if we're looking at the warming uh, of the oceans uh, over the last hundred years, that being equivalent uh, to uh, 50 million years of previous warming of the oceans. Now we're dealing with, with very, very different uh, time uh, scales, um, and this um, has been uh, articulated by Timothy Clark. We said the global context is now one of variously dangerous environmental tipping points, but in which changes are happening at scales that we do not perceive with ordinary human faculties, and with a complexity that may escape us, though we cannot uh, escape uh, it. Um, the, sorry. Um, so um, in order to make a sense uh, of this, um, or develop this kind of sensitivity, uh, uh, to scalar literacy, um, I would make a distinction between two, two, two kinds of scale. One is scale as focus, and the other is scale as, as range. So scale as focus is basically the idea of uh, how you move uh, from uh, understanding the kind of microscopic uh, underpinnings uh, of uh, life on, on Earth to the macroscopic uh, timescales uh, of uh, geological uh, pasts, uh, and uh, cosmic uh, futures. Um, uh, in other words, looking at everything from the fate uh, of uh, microorganisms uh, uh, on uh, the ocean, uh, on the seabed, uh, to the long-term geopolitical uh, consequences of uh, glacial uh, melt in the, the Himalayas. So this is, if you like, it's kind of scale as focus. Um, scale as range is basically uh, the idea of um, how we need to think about uh, developing a kind of familiarity with a whole range of disciplines uh, that go from histology uh, to to history in order to develop a kind of understanding uh, of what is at stake and how uh, we uh, respond. And I think part of this question of developing or putting scalar literacy at the heart of the way in which we think uh, and teach things in, in our university is also uh, what I believe is, uh, the cri- is a, a kind of a pandemic uh, of attention. Um, one, one of the, um, these many studies that's um, been carried out on, on how people um, concentrate uh, on things, um, but one study was done recently uh, looking at American college students, uh, found that they, uh, the average amount of time that people spend on a particular task is uh, around about uh, 65 uh, seconds. Um, Their academic uh, tutors and instructors uh, spend a little bit more. They spend 79 seconds uh, on a particular task. Um, uh, Office workers do much better. Uh, They uh, shift their attention after uh, three minutes. Um, So um, we are living through what um, Larry Rosen has called a perfect storm of cognitive degradation as a result uh, of distraction. Right? So we're, we're, we're caught in this kind of algorithmic trap of perpetual uh, uh, distraction. Um, so one of the things that we have to move from is what I would call an economy of, of attention, which is basically how to instrumentalize and how to monetize uh, your attention, which we're all subject to in, in using uh, search engines of various kinds, to an ecology uh, of attention which would be the development of attention regimes that are based on sets of of values uh, that look to uh, the long-term survival uh, of uh, the the, the species itself uh, and the the, the life systems uh, on the planet. In other words, how do we develop a kind of an ecology of attention that that counters uh, the extractivist uh, instrumentalist uh, forms of, of attention uh, that are doing such uh, damage to people's capacity to concentrate, the capacity to learn, and also, I would argue, uh, their capacity uh, for uh, political uh, transformation. Uh, and as part of, if you like, that ecology uh, of, of attention that creates then uh, the potential conditions uh, for enhanced scalar literacy. The very final uh, template that I want to I'll be as quick about this as as I can, is uh, the uh, diversal. Um, The notion of the diversal comes uh, from a uh, group of uh, Caribbean uh, thinkers um, who have um, tried to think about, and I I think in Ireland we have an enormous amount to learn uh, from, uh, the, the thinkers uh, who operate in, in, in that, that world, but thinking about their, their, their islands uh, in the, uh, the Caribbean and, and how they're they, they subject to a particular kind of universalist notion of civilization progress uh, and, and so on. And they talk about the development of a new kind uh, of literature and say, Creole literature will have little time for the universal, that is to say, this hidden alignment to Western values, this exploration of our specificity, Brings us closer to the world itself and opposes it universality with opportunities of world which is diffracted but reassembled, the conscious harmonization of the diversities which have been maintained. Uh, diversality. Uh, basically, um, their, their core argument is that um, what they, in, in creating this new kind of writing, they want to draw uh, on the specific. Uh, local uh, histories uh, that they have uh, on the the the, the island, um, all of the kind of the complexities, the kind of the fractal uh, complexity of uh, the different elements that make up these uh, island uh, cultures, uh, and in particular the way in which the, the human engages uh, with the, uh, the more uh, than 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 human, um, and in particular uh, how. Um, uh, humans as species uh, interact with other species. So in other words, what would a multi-species university uh, look like? Um, how often or how much do we think about, engage, incorporate uh, all of the other uh, species uh, that inhabit uh, this uh, campus, uh, this uh, university. Um, in August uh, 2021, uh, a number of colleagues carried out uh, a biodiversity uh, audit uh, pilot study here in, in, in Trinity uh, and they found hundreds and hundreds uh, of vertebrate and invertebrate species uh, who are, are with us here uh, on uh, our, our campus. So, the idea of the Diversal uh, template is to try and think about um, the multi species uh, university uh, and to think about what are the implications uh, in terms of uh, the, 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 the different living uh, beings um, that and how would we coexist in knowledge or sustainable ways. And if that's the case, then, do we need to rethink or recast how we use particular terms like interculturalism and multiculturalism? Is there a sense in which there are different There are not only kind of different cultures within the human community, uh, but there are also a multitude of different cultures that exist here uh, on the campus beyond uh, the human, uh, and what kinds of engagement, translational relationships uh, would we have uh, with these uh, communities. Um, The uh, Australian thinker, uh, uh, Mackenzie Walk. uh, argued uh, recently um, that um, there's no going back, only uh, forward. It's a question of struggling to open another future besides this one, which has uh, no future at all. Um, So this, if you like, are just some uh, ideas um, for how we might begin to think Uh, of uh, another future, not only for Trinity College Dublin, uh, but for uh, the other universities uh, around the planet. So who you like it. Thank you.